Hi and welcome to Super Andy Aging Podcast with myself, Steve Halpern. If you're a regular listener, thank you. And I really appreciate you um, listening and possibly sharing these podcasts with friends, family, colleagues. And if you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I do my best to find the latest information and make this an interesting podcast. A, A little anecdote. Why I do this? I do this because when I was 12 years old, I was reading bodybuilding magazines. And, you know, adolescent young men want to be like that. And the bodybuilders in there were talking about exercise and diet. It was very intriguing to me to see those pictures. And want to be muscular and then I could get the girls. So I had a friend and he was very overweight. And I said, you know what, come, come, I'm going to do a gym. And I set up this little gym in a basement. I rented this basement. I got the weights, and I had him do the exercises I saw in the magazine. And we talked about his diet. And sure enough, he lost weight, a lot of weight, looked great. And I said, wow, that's magical. That's what I want to do, help change people's lives. And now... That's still what I do at 76 years old. It's still my greatest joy to see people change. And then I also get to see myself changing. And with all the great information we have, problem is sorting through all the information. Now let me give you some clues that help me, which is understanding, as my friend says to me, okay, Human beings are very complicated. The body is very, very complicated. Okay, Alex Liss tells me that, and I agree, you know, the body is very complicated. So, given that, things need to be personalized. And we don't have the technology yet. It's getting there to try and personalize. There's a lot of wearables right now. You can get a... You can measure your blood glucose levels, you know, with a patch which surprises people, and it's really a nice tool, and you can get a Fitbit watch, and you can get all these devices. That's really great. But we also have a really wonderful tool that we forget, which is listening. Listening, but we forget to listen. Maybe we've had mass hypnosis, or maybe junky food, or whatever has given almost like static on a radio old radios, you know, trying to tune in, listen to our favorite stuff. We don't listen. And if we really started to listen, maybe it'd be much easier to change habits. And also, what works? You know, one of the things I do now, and I have dozens and dozens of supplements I take, and I'm constantly changing my eating plan, is... I keep trying out things and see what works. How do I feel? Take a moment when you're going to possibly make a bad choice and say, "Mm, let's see, Mm, how does it make me feel? Well, the healthier you get, the quicker you're going to get the feedback. Your body will tell you. It will say, no, 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 this is not good. Okay. Or impulsively, I'm eating this, but mm-mm, it's not really that great. <clears throat> so, listening to your body, so, so important. 
And one of the things I often, you know, talk about is the idea that we live in a toxic world. Everything's poison. Now it's the plastics. The plastics are going to be in the rainwater. The plastics will be in the food you eat. The plastics will be in the air you breathe. That's a minor thing. And now you can't even use... you got to worry about going out and eating a restaurant because if they use the regular dishwashing cycle, you'll get something from the detergent that will disturb your gut and you'll get uh, permeable gut, and you'll get all sorts of problems. The point is, we can't live in a bubble, so what do we do? We constantly, or I constantly suggest to people, do myself, do things to strengthen your system. Strengthen the adaptability. And that's really the key, adaptability. Can you adapt? Can you adapt to the stressors? then the stress has actually become beneficial because in truth is exercise, you know, uh, lifting weights is stressful in the muscle if you're using heavy weights. But then the muscle can get stronger. So that's the key. We need the balance. We need the balance between accepting the stressors that are there and trying to eliminate as many as we can But also, that's where I'm a big fan of nutraceutical, well, diet, of course, but nutraceuticals. And it's wonderful because we have people who are really getting educated on nutraceuticals and being able to put out that information. And then we have people who really don't know. And it frustrates me endlessly to hear people talking about something they don't know or haven't tried or haven't experienced or having watched patients be on these programs. And they're giving this kind of information, and I call it, <clears throat> excuse the expression, I call it half-ass information. Well, you know, antioxidants might be causing you cancer. Well, based, based on what? Based on a study of smokers. Get this, smokers who were given beta-carotene and a bad vitamin E, a type of vitamin E that doesn't really work. It was a synthetic vitamin E. And, you know, supposedly they got more cancers. Never said it caused cancer. Oh, be warned. Okay. Be careful of supplements. Yes, and there's stupidity with supplements too. You know, especially uh, people who really don't get guidance or don't really spend the time uh, studying these things. But, you know, not that many people reported, oh, this person had died because they took vitamin B, too much vitamin B, oh my gosh, you know, or too much vitamin E. Herbs, yes, you have to be careful. Herbs, originally, remember, herbs were drugs. They were pharmaceuticals before the pharmaceutical companies figured out how to patent them and make a whole lot of money from them. And so herbs were used by herbologists who studied. So, you know, guidance in in that herbal area is probably a good idea if that's the way you want to go. So let me get into the nitty-gritty again, the nitty-gritty. How do I change? Well, you have to set that mental mental state and accept that you're changing anyway. We're all changing. We just don't know it. We just don't know it. It's like speeding up movie, slow down movie. You're changing. And that's good. But are you changing for the better or are you changing for the worst? Or you just 
slowing things down. Well, that's a key to the whole longevity process, the balance between you want to maintain repair, you want to repair DNA damage, you want to support muscle functioning so you don't get scarpopenia, you know, bent over. And so you want some repair and growth. But at the same time, you want to slow down certain growth. You don't want growth of cancer and lumps and, and cataract. And no, you don't want that growth. So there's now the whole science and nutraceuticals and possibly even drugs like rapamycin and, and metformin and what they call synolytic compounds to get rid of senescent cells, which I've talked about in these podcasts, to slow down aging. And that's probably where, you know, uh, the less calories intermittent fasting comes in to slow things down. But if you slow things down too much, then you get exactly the opposite. So remember, it's about the balance, the balance, the balance. Now, if you're lucky and you live in a sunny place, California, or you're out there skiing in the morning, or in Florida, but if you're in a city with snow and clouds and dark days, uh, this whole light thing is is getting a lot of, uh, I'm going to make a pun, it's getting a lot of exposure. And I can tell you personal experience, getting a light box, you know, you can find them on Amazon. And if you're not getting out and getting that early morning sun, use the light box. And I personally tried both the light box <clears throat> myself again, I've been using before and on patients, and it works. You don't need that much, 10 minutes. <clears throat> when you get in the morning, get ready to go, and you maybe a couple of feet from the light box, and uh, that's great. And then making sure as best as possible you're not getting too much light at night. I mean, I've even tried, well, maybe the blue the blue glasses are okay because you get to less light. And, of course, you know, I want to be, I want to watch a little TV, you know, see some stuff, And but I try and be on the phone, and I try and just early... <laughs> I've even got to a point where I wear some sunglasses, cut down the light, because now the latest thing going around, and it's if you watch the YouTube videos and some of the science things, is the idea that melatonin, we need melatonin at night, very important, but what happens is light will turn off melatonin, and then you're not going to get the sleep that you need. And you could take melatonin. Um, their companies have time-release melatonin, so you need that melatonin to help you get into the sleep cycles, which are so, so important. But then melatonin can also be produced by ultraviolet during the day. And so getting out and getting that light during the day is so important. Maybe if you're lucky and you're in greens, greens can reflect some of the ultraviolet, so you need that ultraviolet. So getting out in real sun is possible. I'm even looking at some ultraviolet uh, devices, which I'll keep you posted for pain. And maybe, you know, they can have um, uh, some of the psychological effect. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, but, yes, light, because we're on a circadian clock. You know, your cells have a clock. 
there's a whole body clock and each cell has a clock and they've even looked in experiments which I talked about previously where they've given a drug cancer drug say a chemotherapy drug at one time and it works and another time it doesn't well you know chronobiology or even chronopharmacy really hasn't gotten caught up yet maybe when we have more wearable devices and we get this constant feedback we'll know exactly when and that's again the key to eating maybe you know you eat a food at one time you're going to get one reaction or one blood sugar reaction blood sugar reaction and maybe eat it another time so that's possible and so I said, until we get in, or if you're doing, if you're a biohacker and you're using a lot of wearables and you get feedback, that's great. If you're not, you just got to try and experiment and listen. Even even the idea, well, we know, you know, we know that large amounts of sugar intake is not particularly that good, and the refined carbohydrates are not that good. But then, how do you explain? How do you explain? The whole idea, well, this person does paleo, they do great. This person does Mediterranean, they don't do great. This person eats meat, they don't have a problem. This person doesn't eat meat, they have a problem. Biochemical individuality. You know, Roger Williams, father of, of this whole concept, spent decades on animal research and discovered more vitamins than any other scientist, and he discovered the whole concept or rediscovered maybe a biochemical individuality. So it's important when you're going to get tested, either you're going to do your own tests or an integrative testing doctor who knows this, and you look at not just pathology, your vitamin genes. Maybe you have a problem with folic acid. And you're not converting it to methylfolate, which can cause all sorts of systemic problems, mental problems, depression, and maybe even heart disease. Or you might have a thiamine problem where you're not converting the thiamine into the active vitamin, or riboflavin into the active vitamin, or lots and lots of, you know, the, the, the problem is it's not a medical specialty. Okay. It's not part of, I'm going to go to medical school and I'm going to become a nutrition doctor. Well, you can go to, um, I guess, fellowships or something and become a nutrition doctor specialist. And they're rare, but you can find them in certain hospitals. But it's not part of, well, I'm, you know, there's no glamour to it and there's no, <laughs> there's no course linking it, you know. And so we've left it out there for people to learn on themselves or doctors take specialty courses or you find a dietitian or a health coach who's really specialized in nutraceuticals. And, you know, it's become the Wild West, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry and people are making claims for this one and this one. And, uh, okay, you know, it's capitalism, I understand but often it takes away from some of the major benefit that you might get from nutraceuticals. So if you've listened to my previous podcast, you know some of my favorite things right now. Uh, taurine. I use taurine powder. Put it in a drink. I don't need Red Bull, which has the taurine in it. Okay. I use glycine. Great for the gums. Great for making glutathione. Major amino acid. Part of Glutamine, glycine, and cysteine. 
glutathione, the major antioxidant in the body. Okay, very important. And I did hear from one of the podcast people, podcast docs, that the melatonin maybe makes glutathione. That's great. So does sulforaphane and broccoli seed, which I've talked about many times in these podcasts. Can make glutathione, maybe alpha lipoic acid can contribute to it. Anyway, let me get back to my drink. So it's taurine, glycine. Now, another wonderful one is citrulline. Citrulline. Citrulline helps make nitric oxide, vasodilatory arteries. Really good for downstairs and the men, okay. But also people with Raynaud syndrome and, you know, uh, and they used to give, I don't know if they still do, they used to give nitroglycerin pills. You know, people took nitroglycerin pills. I remember my grandmother taking nitroglycerin pills and uh, for um, angina pain. And so citrulline is wonderful. Now, if you're going to, now sometimes I just take it, you know, put some water and put a little tiny juice. If you want to make a nice smoothie thing out of it, you can certainly put some flaxseed. Remember, flaxseed can go bad, so ground flaxseed refrigerated. I like, uh, I now use apple fiber, which I get in the health store. It's nice to add that. And some chia seeds, mix that around to get the fiber. And then I'll follow up with all the supplements, the, the various uh, probiotics and anti-aging compounds and supplements that I use. But that's a whole different podcast. Okay, but this is easy. This is something easy you can start in the morning. Okay. Or you can mix up the drink and then take it during the day. Instead of grabbing a Red Bull, you can grab, you know, and if you want, you know, there are various um, products out there that have a little caffeine. You can put a little caffeine in there. Uh, that's fine. Or maybe, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how it tastes. It might, I haven't really experimented that much. You can try it with a little taurine in your coffee. That might be interesting. Um, and the other interesting anecdote that, as I said, there have been really good studies on glycine, glycine and dental. And so adding it to, you know, switching around your mouth, maybe putting a little bit on your toothbrush might be really interesting. Again, <clears throat> when I put out this information, I try and find that they're really, you know, it's not, you know, the farmer's almanac information. There was really some studies on these things. Yeah. Listening to an anti-aging podcast the other day from, you know, a conference, and they had all the people talking about pharmaceutical development of, and why the NIH doesn't really want to fund a lot of these projects, and they have to have startup companies because it's not considered a disease. Aging is not considered a disease. Well, <laughs> sorry, it is a disease, okay, and it's going to happen to all of us sometime or other if you're lucky enough to stay around. And so the key is, how do you avoid age-related conditions? That's really the key. And if you're making change, if this is part of your lifestyle, and you get information here and you want to share it, or you have questions, that's perfectly fine. I can go on specific topics. I also have a Facebook group, Super Anti-Aging. You can join that. And... With support from my friends, I am going to move into doing some videos and maybe some live podcasts. And I'm also considering, and I'll let you know in these podcasts, doing a separate podcast 
about baby boomer stories. Because there's a, there's a reason. And one, because it's fun for me to share these stories. But the other reason is, is that getting in touch with those. As I said, there was an experiment that was done where they took people, and if they thought they were young, or they put them in an environment, a young environment, physiologically there were changes. So getting in touch with all the good stuff we had, good memories, is great. And it doesn't mean we're not making all sorts of future and good memories, but good memories. And also I try and, you know, one of my passions was uh, to make people laugh. So if the podcast is interesting and fun and you like those stories, I guess you'll <laughs> you'll subscribe to that podcast. Anyway, this is the end of this podcast. Uh, please share, subscribe, uh, ask me questions, and uh, stay healthy. <laughs>